Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 28 of the Pinch Talk podcast. My name is Mario. We got Pat over here. Say hello to the folks. I know you know it, but I'm I'm over it now. But um, what's up, you guys? How you guys doing? Um, it's good to be back and give you guys more content after our, our short hiatus, well, long hiatus. So, sure, yeah, short and long, but. Yeah, so, you know, we kind of rambled about uh, free agency last week for a long time. Uh, and towards the end of the episode, uh, we actually thought about going into the Hall of Fame. But, you know, so the podcast is already like an hour and 10 minutes long. It was like, uh, fuck that. So we just left it for this week. I think the ballots are due, you know, to you know to come around in like two days or something like that. I think it's the 25th, mm-hmm. somewhere around that. So I actually thought it was a good time a couple days before the ballots were revealed. To actually talk about it a little bit um so yeah anything you want to plug anything before uh, we get into the conversation um no not really nothing i want to plug in right now all right i don't think i got anything either so let's start with the hall of fame now i'm trying to think of like how to approach this because there's a lot of different things you know we can go over each candidate we can you know we also have to talk about the criteria and shit I feel like we should start with um, the criteria and then we could go into our picks. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So for those who don't know, uh, the ballot itself is voted by by writers. A lot of them, are, no, not, not, I don't know about a lot, but some of them are not even active no more, which is crazy. But all these guys... And a lot of them, and some of them are primarily baseball writers. There's like a football guy who has who has a vote, something like that. I saw. It's like the hell, you know. But so the criteria isn't just what these players did on the field. There's also you know the character clause and everything like that, right? You know, they're supposed to exemplify everything that's great about the game of baseball. And this ballot is particular because of it, because there's a lot of. No, how do I put it? There's a lot of extracurricular activities. Is that how you say it in the ballot? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. That. So the, the, the thing about the character clauses, um, there's, there's a lot of terrible people in baseball's Hall of Fame already. Um, yeah. yeah. Racist abusers, rapists, murderers, and etc. Cheaters. Um, well, not any cheaters, actually, but... Um, but yeah, fucked up people d- d- in general. Yeah, yeah, just just a whole lot of fucked up people in the Hall of Fame already to the point where we're all hypocrites and and I'm willing to buy that hypocrisy. Um, definitely. Um, there's yeah. So I mean, we have we we have very strong opinions. Me and Mario, but at the same time, we also understand our position um, as hypocrites. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say that on record. It's like. Because, I mean, there's, you know, just like you said, like, there's, at, there, I'm pretty sure there's KKK members in the Hall of Fame. There are. Roger Hornsby is a, what's a KKK member, I think. No, and other guys like that. And, of course, there are cheaters, there are abuse, you know. Just and like then the, you got you know, Kenneth Salmon Landis. I mean, he has an award named after him. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, so th- this whole conversation is just funny because, you know, especially if you go on social media, everyone just loves, you know, you know, trying to get like virtual pats on the back 
for shit that they say, you know? So, you know, character clause, you know, it's like, okay, so do you apply the character of the player? Do you apply, you know, so do you, do you only consider cheating? You know, how much cheating is too much cheating? You know, because there's also layers of cheating in this in, in this same ballad. How much you want the character to pertain to them as in the playing days? It's just it's a big ass slippery slope, and yeah, basically because you got you know you you got guys like Ortiz, for example, who allegedly uh, showed up on the on that report or whatever for you know allegedly using steroids, but he never failed the test. He supposedly doesn't have anything, you know, any issues outside of that. So then you got him. That's like the lowest tier of offender, like to me. Honestly, he is in the lowest tier because he, everything on record, just kind of looking towards him not ever failing any tests. Okay, so he's not even an offender then. I mean, even if he wasn't an offender for, I mean, like a one-time offender, I wouldn't really care. And that's the thing for me is, how do we... How do we judge the steroid guys? I mean, yeah, how do, how do you judge steroid guys? I mean, Manny and A-Rod are different to me because yeah. they, after the, the Celtic rules happened and everything like that, and they failed it became, the they, 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 they still intentionally failed the test after that because they were cheating. So it's a bit, that's a bit more egregious to me, even though I think they both should be in. I don't really care because at the end of the day, Major League Baseball condoned it amongst other things and turned a blind eye. And when shit hit the fan, they they bent over like they should have. Yeah. But still, so, I mean, that's just how I feel. It's, it's their own mess that they created in the first place. I feel like that too, because, uh, you know, like the old- It's the it's it's WWE, it's a- you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I mean, I mean, what yeah. were you expecting when you when you can when you let that some when you let that type of stuff go unchecked in the first place, along with the drugs and the other things like that that player culture had messed up during the seventies and eighties. And that's yeah. another thing. That's another big thing too that people really don't talk about enough is how when the modern and right around when they lowered the mound, when you saw that shift in player culture, um, when free agency when, and all that. And everything like that with that fight, and and kind of how the baseball owners tried to sabotage for his images in a sense in that way. Like yeah. it's, it's it's obvious now, now looking back that they would do something like that underhandedly. But I mean, I know I'm reaching on the record, but I mean, still, it's just um. I don't think yeah. I, I I don't think I'm reaching when I say that basically every form of bad behavior that the players have you know partaken in as a whole has been essentially condoned by major league baseball is that oh, too much to say? no it's not too much to say in my opinion and um it definitely happens with top prospects and stuff like that for sure um alcoholism and all that i mean and, and it just goes in and intersects with how major league baseball teams don't care about these guys well beings exactly so you know because because you know think about it something like that something like uh uh steroids is it actually you know it actively fuck people's money up you now say you're a pitcher who didn't you know who pitched clean and you're facing all these guys who are all juiced up and you you know and your competition for you know for a spot on the roster is you know other pitchers and other pitchers up. are going against it and yeah and the other four pitchers in your rotation are juiced up Exactly. It's like, how are you supposed to even compete with that? You know, you may, you, you know, you may be out of a job. I mean, you know, 
You may, you, you may be not even able to put money on the table, no, to put food on the table just because you're trying to play clean. Exactly. Imagine you're, you're a young minor leaguer, you're seventh round pick, barely, okay. barely any signing bonus. You, you survive by using minor leagues, you get your shot and. Come on, man. Like people, people are going to cheat. I and mean, that's most, and that's most major league pitchers. I mean, I don't think people realize how. Yeah. Because they, you know, you, I mean, the offense just exploded there at you know in that era. So, yeah. so everyone just associated with offense, mm-hmm. but pitches were on the juice too, and it's, and it's on and it's on record. Pitches were on the juice too. I mean, Clemens was out there getting better at age forty-five or something like that. Like that's just not common. That that does not happen. In fact, I don't think that's ever happened in Major League Baseball history because Clemens had. I mean, it goes back to when guys were on when guys were on amphetamines back in the day, like when Willie yeah. Mays and them guys were on amphetamines. I mean, it's just amphetamines, bro. <laughs> like that's agree cocaine and everything. America, that's that's some American ass shit, and it just goes yeah. on. I mean, it's, it's I don't think people realize the absurdity of it just because it's normal to them. And I know for you on the outside looking as as someone from as someone from Europe, you just see this, uh, you see the absurdity of it all the time, and you just you just freaked out. It's funny seeing you freak out of American culture on on Twitter too. American, I mean, I, I I find American culture to be like, it's like to me like it's like a fucking movie. Like it's there's some <laughs> like there's some stuff that it's like how do you put you know, those two things together? Like how. How does this even work? Like I don't, I don't like how, like how does, how do you, like you just, you don't even understand how certain even type yeah. like events transpire in real life, like in real time. Yeah, it's like how the hell, like there are certain things in American culture that just simply make no sense to me whatsoever. It's like how can you be doing this and then also be doing this at the same time? I don't know if I have a good example for that right now, but there, it's just this, just so shocking to me. And you could it's tell. just like little, like little things. Yeah, just like smaller things. I don't know if I, if I can come up with a good example, I will. Okay. I'll say it. Okay. I don't. It's just not coming to me right now. Man, that but, snow's coming down. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> like we got a fucking blizzard out there, bro. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so the thing about cheating is, my stance on it is is the following. My stance on it is, and this is about as simple as you can get. Rob Manfred is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Rob Manfred. Um, God damn it. Bud Selig. Yeah, Bud Selig. God damn it. I was trying to make a point. I fucked it up. Uh, so Bud Selig. See, this is what I'm going to cut. Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame. How the fuck is he in the Hall of Fame? And you're telling me that all these guys who juiced up shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Aren't they all part of the same era? Yeah, he can not Exactly. Like... The point here is, just like Pat said before, MLB essentially, you know, looked the other way, and by doing that, essentially condoned it and essentially promoted it because it's like, if you're a struggling pitcher in the back of the rotation, you you mean to tell me you're not going to take steroids that are essentially free, to, no, legal to use? Really, you're not going to do that? Selig condoned it, so obviously these guys should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. And also, I'm tired of people acting all holy about sports and shit. Because yeah, let's be honest, it's Major League Baseball's problem. Let them wear the stain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
So if you think, oh, you know, Bonds getting inducted into the Hall would be just, you know, such, you know, such a stain on the Hall of Fame's prestige and all that. Yeah, man, you know, I'm sure all these, you know, all, all these murders and KKK members that's already in a fucking plaque is definitely not dragging that shit down at all. Come on, man. And, that, and that's how I feel up with the Astros, too. Yeah. They blew that shit up way out of proportion. Like, it's fucked up, but it's, it's not more fucked up than what, than what teams do in... In, in Latin America to young kids. Fuck out of here. Oh, what'd you do? John you do Boy. To... <laughs> oh, we're getting Fuck spicy. Oh, we're getting spicy today. Fuck you mean? I wish that this would be a perfect. We oh, that would be perfect for some flex bombs, like for the whole segment right there. Just, <laughs> just not like that. Uh, Margo. <laughs> yeah, like during the um, like during the oldest premiere, just nothing but flex bombs over and over mm-hmm, again. Yeah. Netflix that was crazy. Man. I remember when that dropped. That was so epic when uh Watch the Drone dropped. That was so perfect because I was I like, recall that. See, I missed those memories. <laughs> I missed those. You, you, it was such an era, man. Just it was it was Kanye when he was still Kanye and it was right after my beautiful Dutch's fantasy and it was Jay-Z and when he still had a little bit of Jay-Z left in him. And it was I was like it was like eighth grade. It was just perfect. Oh my god, that was just, that was amazing. It, it, it was Jay Z when the Jay Z was not in all caps still. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's really like getting back to the hall conversation. It's Man, like, you're going some tangents today. Yeah, because because I mean, it's perfectly fine tangent. You know, we got one topic, everything. You know, this no, it perfectly cool. is. I mean, we both love rap music, so yeah. Watch the throne stinks. By the way, I put that out there right now. I don't know if you'll agree with me. That shit stinks. Straight up. That shit stinks. There's like three good songs on there. Meanest white boy are friends, but I mean, that that's it, y'all. Just, I, I, I don't condone this. <laughs> I would say this about Jay-Z. Like, you know, folks know, I, I love Jay-Z. He's one of my favorite rappers. Anything he's done after American Gangster stinks. That's very true. He's a purist too. So, I mean, I, I'm a purist, so I understand. I respect that. So, I mean, but I just like watch the drum because it's the of the album. And when it's I mean, no, don't get that's me wrong. For me. It, 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 there's a couple songs on there that's like the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 like New Day and Murder Excellence. Like, the highs are high. I, no, I understand. The highs are highs and the lows are low. Yeah, the I think it has a lot of, I think it has a lot more decent songs than you, you think it does. It's been a while since I heard it. Been a minute. Okay, so and it hasn't maybe. aged that well either, and that's another thing. It has not aged that well. A lot of production has not aged well. I will say that. Hit boy production doesn't age well. What? Hit boy production doesn't age that well. That's true. That's true. That's true. And I'm actually kind of you know can go back and listen to it. But yeah. What was the other uh, 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 album JC dropped in 2013? Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Yeah, that was that was bad. That, that should have been a, it. Should have been an EP because it had a few good songs on it, like a few good, yo, a few good all cat, a few good all. liberal Jay Z songs. That shit should have been in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> should have been in the garbage can. Hillary Clinton, Jay Z, <laughs> Kamala Harris, Jay Z. Yeah, fuck out of here, man. It's like I don't need to see. It's like you know, you know. Watch the Throne. There's a couple good songs on there, but after that, man, anything JC does, it just it's it's like it doesn't count for me. 
that's, like, that's, like I this is just that. a whole different person. It doesn't even count. It's I weird. Four for four is actually the best of all the stuff he's done after American Gangster, honestly. Who? Four for four. There was a couple good songs on there, but I just could not get past. The I'd like, I like how introspective it was. That was really it. Like, there's a couple, like, I, I like that too. But as someone who is a sound engineer, I just could not get past the fact that shit sounded like oh, literally sound the like, first mix. It sounded like it was. It sounded like it was mixed. Sound like it was mixed it in a, like in a warehouse. Like, no, that shit sounded like it was mixed on Audacity, bro. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, it was terribly mixed. It was awful. He tried to go for that. He tried to go for that certain type of gritty sound, and, and it was just it does not work. JC should know by now that his voice and that gritty sound just does not work. He needs some cleaner, crisper. Um, he needs. He needs that. He's that. Yeah, just he needs, production. Yeah, he needs something just refreshing, like just clean and tight. And I don't even want to hear anything and technical at this point. Yeah. Unless, unless like the alchemist is like turns him back into old Jay Z or something. Who knows? I don't think. I think he's too far gone at this point. Like it's just no. It's 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 Hove, bro. Come on. He's it's Hove and he's old as hell. He got nothing to rap about at this point. <laughs> ah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, so the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, Part this, four. This, yeah, Part this four. is what's gonna happen. This is this is just what's gonna happen. You no know, passing the storm. You no, know, there's no storm. I won't hear the house and everything. So you know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go on some tangents and shit. So the Hall of Fame. Here's the thing. When we talked about you know the character laws and everything, because there's a lot of guys in this. You know, in this Hall of Fame battle, that don't just have you know steroid allegations or whatever. They have shit. There's shit like domestic violence allegations. We got a Marvin Scale over here being a weirdo and shit. Then you got Kurt Schilling, who basically no, I actually have a good uh, way to address the whole Kurt Schilling thing. Not only is he a dickhead, but he himself said to be left off the ballot so he can get the fuck out of here anyway. Yeah, he he loves the ass. Like, I mean. Kurt Schilling's just coming to Earth, so I mean, yeah, I mean, like, exactly. So we're gonna skip yeah. over him. And it's funny, and it's funny how much they condone him and his bullshit, and, and it's just so telling about just how far we gotta go for him to still be around as much as we do. Like, like it's it's crazy how much of a pass he gets. It's like, oh, bro, yeah. like the dude for minor offenses, other guys get killed. The man collected neo-Nazi memorabilia, like yeah. the man spent thousand dollars on the on, on actual no historical Nazi memorabilia. Memorabilia. It needs to be buried under underneath the prison. Nah, man, just no. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen more hate towards Bryce Harper than I've seen towards Kurt Schilling on Twitter. And Kurt Schilling has actually talked about killing journalists. So I mean, these dudes got no heart. So it's like you know, but uh, then from you know, then uh, aside from shilling, the other you know the other type of stuff, to me, and, you know, and I hate to say it, but it's like considering who's already in the hall, and you know, it it's wouldn't. Like, it, it's no. It, it really wouldn't be any worse to put them in there. But exactly, it, it's, it's like. But that it just goes against our own personal principles and exactly, who we are as like, people. 
But also, but also, to be fair, this is my opinion. I don't believe anything anybody says. So, like, if there's a domestic uh, abuse allegation, I don't believe the guy who says he I didn't hit that woman. And I also don't believe the woman who says the guy hit her. Because you never know. That's, That's my true. opinion. You just I mean, there's two know. sides. Are, that's true. That, that is true. And we and we've seen crazier things happen over less. Exactly. And, the and, fucked up thing is, there's too many. You know, there, like, there's too many times I see lies and shit. It's like, it's like there's women out there who lie, and that fucks me but, up. Okay, it but, fucks me yeah, up because okay. there's a lot of women who did go through that shit and they don't say it. And those women who lie, it really fucks up their case, and they won't get the justice they deserve. It's like, how can you even? But it's, also, but it's also look at the case that is um that most cases and that are true are only taken as seriously as you should be too so exactly and and, and that's the major issue to me and, and that's kind of more important more important than a lot of things to me that's that's collateral yeah exactly in a sense so yeah. um but honestly but like you said it's just i feel like if you really look at every ballot is it's going to be messy unless you just have a a, a ballot where you just have a lot of good stand-up dudes that's going to be out the norm that's going to be out the norm yeah um, so, never going to happen yeah but um so it, it, it's hard because basically under the character clothes all the guys that even are worthy um aren't worthy yeah exactly so, like there's <laughs> very few guys on here who have literally like the only one I could think of is probably like, or only two are Scott Rowley and Billy Wagner. Exactly. And I don't think Wagner's worth it, but we're going to get into that. I think he is. We'll get into that. But, okay. Okay. But it's like, just like you said, like Helton has a, has DUI. Honestly, I will. Two DUIs. I, oh, Helton has his D. Oh, I didn't know that. Todd Helton has two DUIs, for example. <sighs> it's like, I, I wouldn't put Andrew Ortiz Jones in the first has, ballot. But I, I wouldn't want to, but I wouldn't. Andrew Jones has domestic violence. Andy Pettit has steroid use. Like, Sheffield has allegations. Although Gary Sheffield, I actually don't believe, did steroids. But, you know. He also has um, DV allegations, too, I think. Sheffield does? Okay. I think so. I may be wrong. I think it I may be somebody else, but. Barry has allegations. Clements yeah. is basically confirmed to be a, a pedophile at this point. Like y'all, like y'all know where we're getting towards. It's like there's so many fucked up people already in the hall, and basically, if you're going to be, I guess, ethical, purely ethical, the only, probably the only guy you should vote for is Scott Rowling, like Pat said, and maybe Bobby Abreu because I don't think he has anything. On his resume, yeah. I suspect. I will put Bobby Berry in, and then I will put Billy Wagner in too. Okay, so let's get into that. Okay, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to talk. So, um, my let's my three home. my three on this ballot would be Abreu, um, Wagner, and Roland. I'm gonna do the ten, and I'm gonna do the ten, just completely tossing out all the character stuff. Okay, and then you'll do, and then you'll just go over the ones that you seriously would if you would have to do the character clause too, because I'll if, do that after you do if, one. If, if I had to, okay, so let me just, you know, get that out of the way first. Okay. If I had to do the character clause like fully, mm -hmm. you no, know, saying that, you no, know, character clause fully, meaning that if there's even a hint of anything bad, then I can't justify voting, I would probably do the same as you. 
I do Abreu, I do Roland. And well actually no, because I wouldn't vote for Wagner. So I'd do Abreu and I'd do Roland. And then I will also do, but I'll hold, hold on. Then I will also do uh Andy Pettit. And Mark Burley. So I do Abreu, Roland, Burley, and Pettit. Okay. Um that's fair. Those would be I my would, four. If I had to go to rules all the way, I would do um It's a tough decision. I do I do Abreu. Ortiz, I'm gonna do Poppy. Forget it. I'll do Ortiz. Oh shit! Add Ortiz to my um, list. Roland and Wagner. Okay, so like you know, like y'all already seen, like we're actually having to really think about this shit if we're gonna actually you know do a full ethical Hall of Fame vote. Mm-hmm. And we don't we 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 barely feel have a ballot. So you know, for the sake of the conversation and for the sake of you know. The content and everything let's actually get into the meat of the conversation pause which is the you know let's talk about the ballot itself throwing away the character clause excluding kurt Schilling because he like a dummy said that he didn't want to be on the ballot anyway so let's get i can't into i can't condone what what what's against viscal either against even accusations oh, yeah. because that's, that's true i mean viscal do the thing viscal never really had an argument as far as i'm concerned and the fact that he's basically a confirmed weirdo and piece of shit, just basically, mm-hmm. yeah, he's about to fall off the ballot this year too. Good. This drop is crazy. Good. This drop is crazy. Uh, all right, so let's go uh, candidate by candidate. I think this would be a better way to do it because if not, I think we're just gonna. Okay, I got the um ballot up, so I can go I in the order of. Okay. I got it too. You want to start? Yeah. Um, and then just Bray? start in, in order. Um, Abreu, yes. Um, I would do Abreu. Abreu, I mean, he was a high on base guy. He was a five tool guy at the height of his career. Um, based around all base skills and all that. Um, yeah, stole bases, everything. Stole bases. He did everything. Played good, good corner corner defense too. And that was really what un- underrated thing about him. Um, Barry Bonds so was basically like Bobby Abreu, just to extreme level. Okay, so, you know, um, Abreu, I'd say no. I thought On this ballot? Do, you know, you know I, th- I, I thought we could do, you know, one name, then we both, you know, kind of gave our... Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. Okay, Abreu, I don't worry no. about it. I didn't even specify it. Um, right. So, to kind of piggyback off you, Abreu was a fantastic ball player. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if there was no... Uh, limit on in terms of votes like if you could vote for basically as many players as you as you wanted which is another which is another thing that that's is that, a, that's that, I mean, that, that's not just stupid as rule yeah that shit is fucking stupid it should just be yes or no tick or not or, or, or don't tick that should be all but anyway so if if i didn't have that limit i'd probably vote for abreu because i think he was a fantastic ball player but be, i think there's 10 Ball players more deserving than a brave, so I'll say no. Incredible player, though. And I mean, Bonds, you know, you, you kind of got started on Bonds, so you no, know, I just let you go basically. I mean, Bonds was Bonds, I mean, Bonds is Bonds, yeah. uh, Bonds, <laughs> yeah, 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 just um, his name, Barry Bonds. Everyone knows what you're talking about as a player, so 
I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. If you're not if, if you're not going to use the character clause, I think it's a no-brainer. And on Bonds, I'll also say that I find him as a ball player, I find him to be an even more uh, sympathetic figure than most people would, because if you he's kind of like a tragic figure in a sense. Oh, he was going to dig Allen Treme when he was at Arizona. What? He was getting a Dick Allen treatment, like the, the racist coverage and all that stuff when he was in Arizona. Like, you know, you know how the media was raised, really racist towards yeah. Dick Allen? Yeah. Like, for no okay. reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like when I really um, when I looked at the coverage of Barry Bonds when he was at Arizona, when he was in Philadelphia, that's really what I saw in, in between the lines. Like... Uh, Plus, it's, it's Arizona in the eighties. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, it shouldn't surprise nobody. I think, you know, I think. But the thing with Bonds to me is that, uh, really, the only reason uh, he's not in already is because the media hates him. And I mean, yeah, I mean, the media hated him as soon as he got there. I mean, and, yeah, and he had the power to. He was the best player in baseball, so he had the power to where he can make him suffer. Exactly. And they and, can't do anything about it. Like, I mean, and I, you know, I think that's something that some uh, sometimes goes untold is just how terrible the media was to his father when he had his, issues, you know, his problems. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm sure that had a big impact on how Barry saw the media himself. Oh, definitely. Come so, on now, and you know they took it to another level just because he was black. And I mean, and you got to think about what black 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 race players were going through right after integration happened. Yeah. They'll probably get, they'll definitely get destroyed in the media for little things, and much they're getting praised for being good. I mean, like I mean, yeah, we, we know about the good old boys that were beloved, like Willie, and I mean, they don't even tell you about how much Henry Aaron and and Frank Robinson, those guys, lashed out back in retaliation. Like I yeah. mean, and and that's another big too is another vacation of guys who fought back, like Jackie. I mean, like. I thought Jackie was a coward for most of my life because I thought he just turned his sheet. I didn't know he fought back until I was almost grown. I mean, they're going to hide that too. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me feel indoctrinated. It makes me feel... I don't think I can that's say that word. word. That's I mean, yeah, word. indoctrinated. I mean, that's the best word I can use on record. But yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's, you know, there's just so much layers to all this stuff. But yeah, I think best way to put it is I don't fault you know as far as the steroid use goes because you know everyone always uh, I, I, I don't care about steroid use at all man. I don't if care anything, it's sacred baseball I don't care and then, and then they put a reprimand under the guys after they got over the hump yeah exactly and the one thing I'll say about it too it's it's not a coincidence that Bond started using steroids in 1999 what happened the year before that it was when McGuire and Sosa had the crazy home run race and were held as the champions and, of baseball. And mind you, he was still better than all of them, and he wasn't even using yeah. steroids during the 90s. Yeah. Bonds became the first player to ever steal to ever steal 400 bases and hit four, uh, 400 home runs without the juice. And nobody gave a fuck. Obviously, in he was going to juice. In a decade. Yeah. Obviously, he was In a decade. In a decade, bro. Like, yeah. Like, that's just absurd. It's not even an argument. Like, if you don't... If, if like... If you don't care about the character clause, Bonds should be an automatic tick into the Hall of Fame. So, honestly, I mean, 
yeah then we get uh if you feel that's right to move on because you know you know there's also some topics here aside from the hall of fame that if you yeah. want to touch uh, on uh Burley, um bro Burley, um that's my guy i'd like to i mean rewarding any uh sadly above average inning users is a good thing um yeah. but no Nah, no coyote. <laughs> you kind of saying like, eh? Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't, I can't say yes. Here's I, the thing: I can't seriously like. It does sound weird, right? I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna condone this, I gotta condone Jack Morris and Jim Cat. Oh hell no! Burley was way better than him. I think, I think you're underselling Burley a little bit. I'm, I was that was a bit of a reach, but I was, that was a bit of a joke. But no, nah, but I get where you're going though. He's 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 a tier, he's a tier above them. Let me yeah, I should say that. Tier above. I mean, but, but I get where nah, you're going. Though. Mark Burley like, is is hall of very good. Exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would absolutely vote for Burley if I could. And the like, thing is, for me, was there's a there there ain't any news. I feel like he he isn't like the the even the ceiling of what a of what an effective end eater is, that isn't a true ace in my opinion. I would say, yeah. You think he is? His, his career ERA plus is one seventeen. That's fucking fantastic. I think he, I think there's somebody that never went on the DL. By the way. Okay, that's true. All right. I'm saying though, uh, like, is easier plus. Okay, I, all right. I thought it was. I, I honestly I thought it was like a. I thought it was a blow one ten. I didn't know it was one seventeen. That's that's obviously better than I thought it would be. It's really good. That's really good. I mean, for as much as he threw. Yeah. As long as he threw. Yeah. He won two hundred and fourteen games too. That's a nice. Exactly. Number. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if he had, if, okay, I'll say this: if he had two fifty wins, I will. I will put him in. Oh, oh yeah. Two thirty or two thirty. Yeah. If he had, yeah, if he had, and the thing about Burley too is he had a couple very good years in Toronto mm-hmm. in the latter half of his career. Well, he was still very good when he retired mm-hmm. and, we ha- and nobody has ever heard from him. He's probably just tired. He, he could have probably, probably could have kept going if he wanted to. Yeah. And, and, and piled up because he retired after his age 30, uh, 36 season. So yeah, but I think we were both kind of in the same boat with Burley. Like he was very, very, very good for a very long time, super consistent. But I don't. I just don't think the peak is quite there as much as I. Or he just didn't go as long as he could have gone. Yeah, exactly. I will say though, uh, I think Burley's somewhat comparable to Pettit, and I think he's a a bit ahead of uh, guys like Tim Hudson, who we'll be talking about uh, later. I think Tim Hudson is definitely is a tier below them. I think the um, the K rate kind of gets guys going in that era, relative, but yeah. For me, I feel like we got to reward Pettit for the playoff success too. Even yeah, we'll talk about him. We'll talk about him. Uh, so yeah, Burley, I would say no. You say no room too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Roger Clemens. Clemens is. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, we just say yeah and just save time and go to the other guys just because. Yeah. It you no know, being short. Clemens is basically the pitcher version of Bond. As a player. So yeah, let's just say yes and move on. Carl Crawford. I think we both say no. No, but good speed power guy. Absolutely. And I want to know yeah. how many how many bases he stole on. He stole like five hundred. I think Carl Crawford played fourteen years. Played fifteen years, but bad. He stole four hundred and eighty bases. 
Wow. That is a lot. That is a lot. In a five-year span between 03 and 07, he stole 268 bases. That is a shit ton. Yeah, very good and very important player in the in the history of the Tampa Bay Rays. But absolutely not. Didn't didn't hold up anywhere near enough into his 30s. Um, Prince Fielder. I'll say this for Prince: if there was a a Hall of Fun. Prince Fielder would be first ballot. Honestly, Prince Fielder, he he could have been Hall of Fame if injuries and cut it short. Because honestly, he had he cut that second one when he was with the Rangers, and he was going to be at that easy ballpark down there with Beltran. Them. He he, he might have had he might he might have had a uh, a shot to accumulate a little bit and get close to five hundred. Definitely. But I definitely think he was talented enough of a hitter to go to the Hall of Fame too. Absolutely. Absolutely was he, he he was a menace in Milwaukee in the first in the first year in Detroit for a little bit. One of the things uh, walked a lot, didn't strike out as much as uh, as most power hitters would. Played a shit ton of games too. Holy hell! You knew that you knew he led the he led the majors in games played in four out of five seasons. In a, oh wow! In four seasons in a five year span, and you know how many games he played this season. Uh, he didn't play all, all 162. Probably 161. 161. That's crazy. Probably why he got hurt. Played too many. But yeah. Um. Also, for people who don't know, this is a cool little nugget. Prince Fielder and Cecil Fielder, his father, ended their careers with the same exact number of home runs. That's one, the, that's one of the coolest fun facts ever. Yeah, that's one of the coolest nugget, little nuggets ever. Uh, now... This is a pretty good candidate, I think. Todd Helton. How are we feeling? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I, I'm inclined to say yes, too. And The chorus thing is BS, and honestly, he was a great road hitter. And, I mean, the, um, the article Jordan from Cespedes uh, Barbecue did on Helton basically encapsulates what, what he was. was. What he was, I mean. Dude was just a machine. Exactly, and I'll say for Helton too. Helton to me is kind of like he's he, he's similar to David Wright. Obviously, he was a way better hitter, better player, but he's kind of similar to David Wright in the sense that uh, back injuries really fucked him up and kind of took away his power in the latter half of his career. And I think if that hadn't happened, I think he very much could have ended up close to 500 home runs, and this wouldn't even be a conversation. Well, it would because he's a Rockies player, but we get it. I think we both say yes on Helton. He was fantastic uh, hitter, great defensive first baseman for a long time. He was and, a good base runner too. Yeah, he was. And one thing, one extra thing I'll say, this is something that for me has some value. I'll, I'm inclined to give votes to players like this. Who said um, one thing for all for exactly, all career. You know, to quote, quote, franchise icons. I think that gets a little bonus for me. Definitely say so yeah, uh, Helton, I would definitely say yeah. Ryan Howard, no, no, I'll say no as well. But I do think he's undervalued by the LOL RBI crowd. I think he's I think he's undervalued a bit. Honestly, I'm going to look up his numbers just because the, the raw numbers are stupid when you just look at what he did and how many games because you just know he was being effective on a game to game basis. And those two years, those years when Philly were on top, 
as yeah. like the best team in the NL. He was just absurd. Like, I mean, he was ridiculous. Yeah, he was a menace. I mean, there's a reason why he was like he was a record for like most home runs. I mean, look and the fact his, that he was, I mean, he was doing the runners score. Look at his run from 06 to, to 09. 58, 47, 48, 45. And with the RBIs, what, 149, 136, 146, 141. That's unheard of. In, the, in, in this day and age, that is unheard of. Those type of runs better than. And that's how you know he's playing in front of some good players, but that's how you know he was hitting when they were on base. Like, Exactly. I mean, even these OPSs from 0609. I mean, even when he first got there, I mean, one he hit. That's all he did was hit. One seventy two, one thirty three, one sixty seven, one forty five, one twenty five, one forty one, twenty seven, one twenty six. The injuries destroyed him. That was it. Yeah. He did, not a Hall of Fame career. I know both are. He was a terrible defensive first baseman. He was a base clogger. But he hit. And one thing I'll say about him. I mean, that, I mean, when you're he he was built like offensive lineman. I mean, he he's just a. He was what just six foot nine something like that. Six foot four. He's like he's like he's like six five, two fifty. But obviously he's like two seventy. There's no way he can weigh less than LeBron did. (laughs) Yeah, no chance. Well, he is you know like four or five inches shorter. But anyway, so also I'll also I'll say of uh, Howard, he gets a little bonus for me that Helton does. Kind of franchise icon, Mm -hmm. really. He he was no big part of turning around the Phillies. And winning the World Series and all those teams, but he was not. injured for the second half of his career, and he still has 382 home runs and a thousand RBIs. I think it would have been a very interesting case had he been healthy until like age 36, 37, and not declined because he no, would it would have, have been had... a, if he'd have been healthy till age 33, he would have been a Hall of Famer. Let's be real. I think it would have been a very interesting case. Let me, let me put no, it that way because no, he probably no, would have man. been considered a he, hall of famer with like 25 career war this man only has like five really good years as a first baseman in his career and that, that this is just a testament how talented he is i don't think people just can wrap their head around that sometimes and i just want them to be able to yeah I li- and honestly I this is going to be a two-part episode loki just go over on the ballot Probably so, unless we speed it up. <laughs> we're kind of a third of the way there, though. We we got to go faster. All right, so <clears throat> let's move on. Right, how we both say no. Tim Hudson kind of talked about him before. I'm on no, the right? fence. Oh, I'm on the fence. What would you say? I'd say no. And yeah, I think, I, think I would low. too. And I think he's below Burley. He did win 222 games, though. That's pretty fucking impressive. He played with some good teams, though. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, the win stat is not really worth a whole lot. But it's cool to see someone who won that many games in the 21st century. So, yeah. But we say no. Very underrated career, though. Um, Torrey Hunter, I'd I'd say similar similar to Tim Hudson. Yeah, he's basically Tim Hudson. He was a business player. Exactly. A lot of hits too, almost two hundred, almost twenty five hundred hits. That's a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we both say no. He's definitely. I mean, I think if you were, a, if you're a big, big, big haul kind of guy, I think you could maybe justify giving Tory Hunter a vote. 
but yeah if you're trying to be a bit more selective absolutely not great career though uh all these guys have great especially careers. for a center fielder huh especially for a center fielder yeah uh speaking of center fielders andrew jones yes easy as yes i think i can and he's probably the most underrated yes on the ballot probably so i think and i think it's because he declined hard and spent a few years you know showing people just how much he declined it's kind of like johan santana a little bit it's it's weird because i mean his his his, uh peak as a as a center fielder is so unique yeah and elite defense big time home run hitter i mean like that was a he was just a and, and he could walk some like what i mean 98 to 06 is the, the 30, 30, run a 31 26 36 34 35 36 29 51 41 26 and yeah he did decline hard right after his 30s but he had already played 10 years so that makes sense considering the wear and tear yeah i think uh andrew is uh definitely a hall of fame but he was still still a decent player even when he, he just gonna stay healthy yeah but i get you know but it, you know is the kind of sensation you leave in the minds of the media and everything mm-hmm. what i'm saying is Picture a scenario where Andrew Jones, at, right after 2007, instead of signing with the Dodgers, uh, has a career-ending injury and retires after his uh, after his age 30 season. Do you really think he doesn't get into the hall if that happens? Yeah, it would be like Koufax, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's true. Yeah, uh, I think we both say yeah on Andrew. Uh, Jeff Kent. No. Hell no. He does have the most home runs ever hit by a second baseman. But it's a hard no. And I still can't believe he won MVP over Bonds in 2000. (laughs) Uh, Tim Lincecum. No. Hell no. But very memorable career. He's kind of like Ryan Howard in many ways. Yeah, that's true. This, this just a, just a more no. I got this one. No. <laughs> I love how you said it with such disgust in your voice. It's like why all the disgust though? Why all the hatred? You know why. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to go over why. The audience knows why. Uh yeah. Morneau played for a team that Pat loves. So that you know that's why he likes him so much. Uh, speaking of Minnesota Twins, Joe Nathan. I'll take this one. Hell nah. Hell nah. Anyone who votes for Joe Nathan in the Hall of Fame, seriously, get the fuck out of my face with that shit. That's the best way I can describe it. All due respect, because Nathan had a great career. Like I'm not. I'm not. I, let no. Let's make this clear. Whenever I say, whenever I say, whenever we say a player is no, no for the Hall of Fame, we're not shitting on the player. All right, let's make this clear. They were better at baseball than we were. They were better at baseball than I'll probably ever be at anything, aside from being redhead. But yeah, so if you're over Nathan, no, but he did have a hell of a career. 
one thing about closers that we'll kind of talk about with Wagner when we get to him is just how important leverage is and put the postseason is. You know, we'll kind of talk about that. Um, David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. It's not a slam dunk as some people think he is. And I think the only reason he's considered such a slam dunk is because he was really, uh, you know, he was really seen, you know, he's kind of a media darling in many ways. And he's a franchise icon who played at the East Coast. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's definitely a Hall of Famer, though. Next one. What was the next one? Papelbon. John's and Papelbon. Fuck Papelbon. <laughs> Papelbon to how me. About, go how, ahead, about go Jake, how about Jake Peavy? Hell no. He did yeah, have he a great it. career, though. Very good underrated career. He even remade himself a little bit after having a lot of injuries. Had a couple good years in the, in, in the latter half of his career. Won a Cy Young. How many games did he win? I'm trying to, to figure it out. PV. 152. That's not bad. But it's not Hall of Fame, though. I totally forgot he did win a Cy Young with San Diego. Yeah, 2007. That was the year... And then he went to the to game one sixty three against the Rockies, and the Rockies knocked him around. Mm-hmm. I remember that? I don't remember it, but I do remember watching that game years after the fact, of course. Um, Andy Pettit. I think Pettit is one of the most interesting cases on the on the. Podcast. I want to say I want to say yes because he like ran our entire childhood. <laughs> and he, I mean, I, I treat left-handed pitchers differently than right-handers. For um, you you do yeah yeah. Why though? I want to hear this logic. So for me, there's less left-handers, so that means um, my bar's a little bit lower. It's kind of based on the fact that to be a left-handed pitcher, I don't know. What I consider a Hall of Fame right-handed pitcher is for a right-handed starter, it's gonna, the bar's going to be a little bit higher than it would be for a left-handed starter. For, okay. for Hall I of never famers. thought of it that way. And same with relievers, it's kind of based on um, the frequency and all that. And I never thought of it that way. That's interesting. Uh, it, it's kind of biased towards left-handers. In a sense, it's just because there's left of them. And that's just a human thing. And we can't control that. So it just punish the right-handed pitchers. But The one thing with Pettit is um, that you don't just have to take into account what he did in the regular season, which was very good. I mean, Pettit and Burley have the same career ERA+. Plus, mm-hmm. And they throw basically the same amount of innings. And then you add Andy Pettit's playoff Exactly. I think he's the all-time leader in in uh, postseason innings uh, pitched, or something like that. Like he 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 basically threw a season and a half in the postseason, and he was really good. And he was very good. So I think you have to take that into account. 
you know, if, if, if you like wins, you know, I do. He won 256 games. That's a fucking lot. Even if you say he pitched for the Yankees, he won 19 more in the postseason. That's a lot of wins. Uh, and that's a lot of good innings. I'd say he's borderline, but I wouldn't be mad if someone put him in. That would be my take on Pettit. You agree with that? I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now just to see. Then, you know, Pettit also has the whole, you know, steroid use thing. But, you know, we've already gone over the fact that we don't really care. Uh, Honestly, I think I will put him in. Okay. That's a lot of innings he threw. He did. I mean, in the year rate plus is, is good. And he has the peak years, too. The couple peak years, but I mean, before ground ball lefty, I mean, during the late two thousand, early two thousands, and late nineties, uh, yeah, he OB. played played his entire career in the AL East. In Yankees, yeah, in AL East too. I mean, doesn't yeah. So behind Jeter, with Jeter behind him. <laughs> Yo, those Yankees teams had some horrible ass defense, man. They got Posada behind the plate, Bird got in center. All the defenses, bro. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Poor Mike I mean, I mean, it made sense they could cheat because the park was small and those guys could hit. But yeah, but goddamn, man, man, it makes sense because I mean, it makes sense. You're in AL East, you're gonna win, you're gonna hit your way out that division. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So Pettit, Pat said yes. I, I'm kind of like in between, but I, I definitely, I think it, the playoff. I mean, I feel like to me. This is my personal opinion. I've always had this opinion. If you're going to put in Bumgarner, you got to put in Pettit. That's completely fair. And I've gone on record saying that if Bumgarner has a few more good years in him in the regular season, I'll definitely put him in. You know, that's you know, kind of a different conversation. So, yeah. Um, AJ Prasinski. No. no <laughs> that was a quick no. That was a quick no. Um, good catcher, though. No. Very good catcher. Uh, I don't think people realize how, how, how good of a catcher he was. Like, let me let me look let me look it up. Hold on, because I because I remember going to his baseball reference page and being shocked. I got two thousand hits as a catcher. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. Uh, the next two, and these two, I'll kind of group them together because they're kind of in the same boat for me. Uh, Mina Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. Yes, yes, but I mean, if yeah, I mean, we, we already explained ourselves real well with them too. So yeah, yeah. So the thing about this is, I can understand someone not voting for them based on the fact that you know, after testing, after everything, they still failed to test. I can understand someone not voting for them. Like, if you build a test post biogenesis scandal, yeah, then it's fair game, basically. Every day, the feds got you, baby. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, we both know, and everyone knows, many easy Hall of Fame. Many Ramirez is one of the greatest right hander hitters of all time. Mm-hmm. And A Rod is the greatest shortstop of all time. Like there's no argument if you don't care about Sterling. So, Scott Rowland, I don't, I it blows my mind how Rowland is not a slam dunk. He has no red flags. He has nothing. He had a fantastic career. He played in the postseason. 
You play for the Cardinals. You play for the Cardinals. It's like it's just so weird to me. It's like is it is it the cranky reputation he had? Something like that. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know about the cranky reputation he had. He had some problems with with with, with his managers and shit. But it's like, is that really enough? I mean, let's look at his career. Had a great career. Seven years with Philly, gets traded to the Cardinals. He wins with the Cardinals. Yeah, it's like I'm looking at it, it's like, what is this missing? Rookie of the year, multiple time All Star, one hey, of World Series, two thousand hits, three hundred homers, eight gold gloves. Yeah, a good defensive reputation too. Yeah, I mean they they treat. I mean, eight gold gloves and one twenty two OPS plus from a third baseman for seventeen years is that's a hell of a mark. 316 home runs from a guy who started playing when he was 21. That's a hell of a mark. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think Roland like, is I, a. I mean, up. I feel like they're trying to punish him for being just average during his, I mean, for being decent during his 30s, but I mean, he already played 10 years and he was one of the best star basemen during his 10 years. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, so I, I think mean, we're both yeah, mystified. Like, like the man had a. 158 OPS plus season with a thousand OPS and won a gold glove that year. Yeah, top four, top four MVP finish, won a rookie of the year. I just don't, I don't get it. I think we both vote for Roland without even thinking twice. He's one of the Definitely. best third baseman to ever live. Nobody's saying he's a Mike Schmidt levels people. It's like, no. But he's definitely one of he's he's one of the best third baseman of his era. Absolutely, he's pro- if he not, he has best. to be the best third baseman not in the hall. I haven't looked that up, but he definitely has to be. Uh, this is an interesting case. I think, you know, we, you know, we both say we vote for Roland. Jimmy Rollins. No. I agree. He just, agree. he didn't hit enough. I agree. He either, he didn't hit enough or he didn't defend enough. Yeah. He, he didn't do, I think we, you know, what we're trying to say is he didn't do both things at the same time long enough. Right. That's basically it. Also, it's really funny to me that he won an MVP in 2007 because, you know, they had the whole 2020, 2020 season. You know, he, you know, 20 homers, uh, 20 triples, 20 stolen bases and uh, 20 doubles, something like that. I think it was. And Curtis Granderson did this, did the same exact thing over in Detroit. And he got no love from nobody. Yeah. That's weird to me. Uh, but yeah. Rollins did have a hell of a career, though. Almost 2,500 hits. Yeah, he wasn't a good hitter. but Played for a long time. Played, got a he lot of play appearances. Yeah. God damn. I didn't realize he stole this many bases. He stole 470 bases. Oh, wow. I'm not. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. Yeah, decent power. 231 horrors. That's a lot. For sure. Stop. I'm. Yeah. I still say he's borderline, though. He's borderline or no. He just... I, I just got to say no. He just didn't... He didn't do something enough. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, the OPS, he just didn't have too many OPS close to 100. OPS plus is close to 100. Like, I mean, that's the thing between him and Ozzy. Ozzy was a legitimately good hitter. When he was yeah, for, speak. for a while. And can we... Uh, can you know? Can you say that 
and like actually explain that to the two to people because there's this misconception that Ozzy Smith couldn't hit worth no. Yeah, I mean, any anybody that could get a career 37 on base percentage is a good hitter, no matter what they're slugging. And for him, when you add his defense, what position he's playing, and the fact that he's getting on base and his base running, he was his elite base runner too. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like that's one thing too. Um, people just think good base runner means good base stealer. There's so much more to base running. There's so much more to being a good run scorer. Like, I mean. That's what you want your and That's what you want your best players to be typically. Yeah. So, yeah. So Jimmy Rollins, we both say no. Uh, there's a pitcher over here that we both don't keep, don't give a fuck about. Um, Gary Sheffield. He's kind of like a Manny in many ways. He is. He's borderline. But it, but the thing is, what Gary is. Um, he was a bad defender everywhere. Yeah, he was. But the metrics do kill him and like overly. It's like they paint him as like one of the worst defensive players to ever live. It's like that might be a bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, they do. They do kill him. But it's. I'll just look up his numbers again. He's slashed 292, 393, 514. That's a 140 career OPS plus. That is elite. That's elite, yeah. He walked way more than he struck out. He's just a bad defender. He was just a DH who got put in the field. Yeah, who played basically in the National League's entire career. Yeah. So they had to put him somewhere. Yeah. It's because he was he was a shortstop when he, when he was in the minors. He was? Yeah. That's crazy. He was, he was a shortstop at the beginning of his career. That is a crazy follow. I, I don't. I don't think I recall. Actually, I'm lying. I do recall a fall off of someone going from shortstop to corner outfielder and a bad one in like a year and a half. He's a Rockies prospect right now, Ryan Villade. Ryan really? Villade of Villade. How, how do you say it? He was a shortstop. He was originally shortstop, and he he was moved to third base. Then, in like a year, was moved to the outfield corner. So he's never seen the infield again, and he's a bad outfield defender. Mm. He's like 22. That's bad. Must be out of shape or something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Sheffield. I, I would vote for Sheffield. I think I would too. Just I'm 26, 2600 hits, have a nine home runs. That's a lot. I would definitely vote. <laughs> and and he started playing when he was 19. Yeah. The only thing, the only bad thing I'll say, and this is halfway joking about Gary Sheffield, is that his son is an annoying clown on social media. So that's the only bad thing I'll say about him. That man put up a 465 on base percentage in a single season. Back to back years. Yeah, those is those is Bond's light numbers right there. What he did in what he did in LA in 2000, 325, 438, yeah, I just can't keep a hitter that good out of the hall. Yeah, you can't. Um, here's an interesting one, Sammy Sosa. Now, no. let, let, let me preface this by saying that we basically already know that his candidacy is not going nowhere. This is his final year of eligibility. I think he's not going nowhere. He's not getting in the Hall of Fame. But would we vote for him? I'm on the fence because I, I feel like. 
if the storage really did help anybody, it was someone like him. Just because the, the raw power was the thing he was missing. But that's the same. I don't know. I, I sound ignorant, I think, right now. But I'm on the fence. What do you... My, my thing with him is that even though it is blatantly obvious with him that he was a steroid user and is pretty damn clear when he started using... Like, you know, like this isn't a guy like Bonds or, like, or even like Maguire, who you can say like was a fantastic player. In Maguire's case, fantastic hitter before steroids and then just became Superman with them, you know, like. But in Solstice's favor, I will say that he gets a bonus for me because Pearl, even though, you know, he cheated, you know, the steroids, the cork bat, everything like that, even though he did all that, he is still one of the most important figures in the last 30 yeah, or 40 you, years of baseball. Yeah, you can't tell. Sports in general, I mean, you can't. Yeah, like, that's just, the fucked up thing. Yeah, the, the, the iconography and everything of it all. Um, I definitely feel that, for sure. Which is why I would say that I actually would vote for Sammy Sosa. I, honestly, I agree. I will put him in. Just um, Because it's just hard. He, he, earned, it. he, he earned it. He, he did. He earned it. It's just hard for me to say that, a, that the Hall of Fame should not include Sammy Sosa. As big a name as he is. We know he's a cheater, but MLB condone it, so I don't care. As big a name as he is, it's just impossible for me to say the Hall of Fame doesn't need to have that name. And I feel the same way about McGuire, too. Let, I mean, let me say that. Honestly, when you, if we're going to feel about the way about McGuire, we got to feel about the way about Sosa. So, I mean, and we, and we, and we establish that, too, with... Um, and there's other guys we could say say that about too. Palmero. Palmero. Canseco. Um It's like, yeah, like please don't like let's not try to act all holy and shit. You know, like let's not try to like let's like it's it's, it's just a front people put on, man. Like people always claim they want everything to be clean and shit. People just want a freak show at the end of the day. As I saw uh, you know, guy uh say on Twitter guy I, I interact with sometimes, but it's like uh, at TH2017, uh, I think it is. Something like that. <clears throat> Real cool dude. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Basically, don't try to be all holy. These guys are big figures in the history of the sport. They belong. And if I could retroactively vote for Maguire, I would, and I will vote for Sosa if I could. Oh, yeah. That's me. Um... Mark Teixeira. No. No. But, but, and I want to say this about Teixeira. Through his age 30, 31 season, go look at his numbers and tell me that's not a Hall of Fame career you're seeing unfolding. I mean, he was looking like that. Through 2011, basically. Twenty eleven was his age thirty one season. That's yeah, that's Hall of Fame numbers. That is that is approaching Hall of Fame numbers. His problem was he became a shift victim and he had trouble with injuries and shit. He still hit for over four hundred home runs. So <laughs> that man get hit too. Yeah. 
did a little bit of everything and a fantastic defensive first baseman too so you know but it's but it's still the numbers are crazy and he was switching in for a first baseman yeah i like carlos santana in a while <clears throat> but yeah so we both say no one to share out and it's kind of a shame that he declined so so harshly Mm-hmm. Because it could have been a Hall of Fame career. Um, Omar Vizquel. <laughs> I think the silence speaks for itself. Um, I'm looking at Mark Scherzer's uh, how much he got paid during his career. I don't even want to <laughs> talk about that, man. How much did he make? 213 million. God damn. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. I signed it to in 09 too. Wasn't that the year the Yankees signed CZ, Teixeira, and AJ Burnett? Yep. That made me jealous, man. Um, and then finally, the final candidate. I know this. I know this is going for a while, but you know, hang with us here. Final candidate is, I think, one of the most interesting ones as well. Billy Wagner. Yeah. I say no. Why? Because I think any reliever not named uh, Rivera, Hoyt Wilhelm, Rich Gossage, or, or Gossage, or however you call it, and Dennis Eckersley, who was a part-time starter, is, aver- is borderline at best. That's my opinion, because I think I, the way I put, I see it, the position is not reliever; it's pitcher. So, and reliever closer, that's just a role. It's a role. That's not a position. The position is somebody pitcher. who operates that role for the majority of their career and they're effective at it at a high level. Shouldn't not be rewarded for it, such uh-huh. as a such as a Billy Wagner or a um, Trevor Hoffman, um, or. Yes, but I, I don't think like Hall of Fame induction is like the way. Like I don't know. Like Wagner is, had a is, terrific career, but the, like, is Billy is Billy Wagner? I mean, we both like for the people who don't know, Wagner is on a rate basis. He's one of the most dominant relievers, arguably the most dominant reliever of all time, by far the most dominant left-handed reliever of all time. But it's just impossible for me to say that. Wagner belongs in the Hall of Fame, and that guys like Burley don't. You know, guys like Burley, guys like it's, guys like Johan Santana. I mean, it's apples and bowling balls at that point. I don't think so. They're pitchers, but they're not the same role. I mean, but they're not the same because could, Wagner wasn't good enough to start. But was Mark Burley good enough to close? That's a good argument. You you kind of caught me there, um, but I think. Would Mark Burley I mean, have been you got to think about closing in itself is a monster in itself. That's You're going to get it's, it's a monster in itself. And I mean, we've read enough on the game within the game to talk about players talk about it's, it's different. It's something there, and it is something there. We we watched enough games to know it's something there. So I mean, yeah. but okay, yeah, so- I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's a general role. But I mean, at the same time, mess has got to get cleaned up. And if you're good at it, you're good at it. Why not? Okay, so here's here's the argument. I do agree that not every no, it's not you know, like every good no. Well, a closure wasn't good enough to start. That doesn't mean a star would be good enough to close. Yeah, I mean the Burley example is good, but hold on, hold on. 
What I'm saying is that at the end of the day, starting games is more valuable than closing games. Of course, but that doesn't change the fact that it says the, the, what the individual player is that that relief player is deserving of. I definitely think Billy Wagner is a Hall of Fame reliever, especially for a left-hander. I, 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 I just don't left-handed relievers are a diamond. Left-handed relievers are they're a diamond dozen. You know that. I, I know that. I know that. But it's like I just still you, can't see you, it. You got you got to reward. You got you got to reward. You got to give. You got to reward the man. You got to reward it. If, if you, if, you have to. If, if it were up to me, I, I would not. And 187 ERA plus. And why is Johan Santana? 153 games. There's just no way in heaven that Johan Santana fell off the ballot in his first year, and someone's telling me that Wagner needs to be in. It's two different, separate. They're two separate events. Johan was like ten times the pitcher Wagner was. Absolutely, but it's two separate. They're two separate players. They both should be in. Why? Why punish Wagner for for some for something stupid? I mean, I'm not well. Like you know, that, that's not the reason I'm keeping Wagner out of my hypothetical ballot. It, it, it is though, but it no, is. it's not. It, it's not. It's just because I just don't believe relievers are that valuable. I just so don't. you don't. So you just don't get there. Okay. My thing, and also here's my thing with Wagner. He pitched 903 innings. Brandon Webb pitched more innings than him in his four-year run, where he was an ace. Apples to bowling balls. I know that. One's, but I'm, one's I'm a reliever, saying. one's a starter. I mean, come on. On a compared to is a Hall of Fame reliever. Hall of Fame reliever. Hall of Fame reliever. Go look at. Um, I mean. Hall of Fame Rivera. reliever, come on! No, no, you need to, you know, you need, you need to, you need to, you need to revise your language. You need to revise your language, man. Come on, yes, yes, you do. Hall of Fame reliever, say it with me. Say it with me. No, Hall of Fame reliever. That shit ain't happening. No, it's like an intervention. Hall of Fame relief pitcher. Fuck no. Here's the thing. Four words. No, five words. No. Hall of Fame. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Relief. There are, th- there are three pure relievers who, you know, the ones I said before, Wilhelm, Gossage, and Rivera. I think Mo is an undi- no, obvious Hall of Famer, but not just because of he do- what he did in the regular season, and he was much better than Wagner, but also because of what he did in the postseason. And this is where I get to another one of my arguments against Wagner. Wagner stunk it up in the postseason. That's A true. lot. And, and for the people who say, well, you know, it's a very small sample size. True, but his entire career is small sample size. That's just how pitchers, this is how really exactly. pitchers That's just how the closer goes. It's like, well, you know, he did allow, you know, two, three runs in one of his outings. But it's like, come on. It's like, you know, just, you know, he barely pitched in 15 games. It's like the closer is all about leverage. Yeah, it's all about that one moment. Here's the thing. If Wagner pitched got three outs in the eighth inning of every game instead of the ninth inning, would we be having a conversation about him being a Hall of Famer? I think not. Yeah. I think not. So it's all about leverage. So for me, so for the people who say, well, it doesn't really matter that Wagner stunk it up in the postseason, it does. I don't care if it's if it's a small sample size, which it is. He only pitched in 14 games. I mean, how many relievers are going to last that long in the first place? I That's true. Has. But that only kind of but that only but I think, makes my point. But, but I feel like he, he earns it because you gotta, you gotta. But I feel like to be a reliever who be all in reliever, you gotta have a egregiously long, long career. And mind you, I think my bar for a reliever is very high. I think Billy Wagner is the floor. Okay, if if, if you're nah. gonna go there, that's fair. You're gonna no, go no, there, think fair. about it. my floor. How many relievers? How many relievers that has had a career as good as Billy Wagner's? 
we could probably. My floor for reliever, I'd say, is, is, is probably Rich Gossage. Okay, I mean, but think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. How many relievers in MLB history think I've had a career as good as Billy, Billy Wagner's in terms of equivalency? It doesn't matter, ground wall pitchers, whatever era, whatever. Okay, yeah, I get you, I get you. It's uh, less def- than 20. Definitely less than 10 as far as relievers. But here's my thing how many pitchers, period, have had a career as good as, as, good as or better than Billy Wagner's? I can probably say 150 or 200. Not in terms of his, his the level, what he dominated, he dom- the way he dominated his positions. Like that. No, I mean, cons- considering what he was, I mean, any really pitcher that could get two Cy Young or two top ten Cy Young or finishes at opposite ends, opposite ends of the career are special or elite relievers. I mean, I just, I just think, I, I mean, I just feel like you got to give more respect to the position in itself inherently. I mean, I just, I just, I just don't think you have enough inherent respect for the position. I mean, you're making it sound like, like I'm like, like I'm like racist against relievers or some shit. You are. You basically are. You are. You, you have an inherent bias against relievers. It's okay. My you problem should, with relievers, my problem with relievers is just plain volume. They don't do enough. It's yeah, the it's, volume, it's the volume. But you like, can't punish them for that. Like when I'm looking at it at like a reliever pick who barely gets, you know, barely gets talked about, Dan Quisenberry. Okay, but sometimes the volume isn't what you need to win a game. Sometimes you just need. That one is, inning. It is, but every out is more valuable. If you can get well, okay, but it's a puzzle. You got 162 game season. You, you you're not gonna get. You're not gonna. I know that. Get. I know okay. that. I know that. But I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying. Like I I I, I, I feel like more. I feel like if we were like in the manager and the bench coach of an MLB team, 162 games, you would you would finally have more respect for a reliever or something like i do i do have respect for believers i think it is a really I, I disagree fucking, no I, I do have respect you, for you like you like it, the jeff you like jeff bezos towards relievers right now bro <laughs> i do have respect for relievers i just don't think i just have a lot more i just have more respect for a starting pitcher i just do because they just pitch more like 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 for, here's, here's a question if you went and asked 30 all 30 MLB GMs, who would they rather have on their team? Mark, prime Mark Burley or prime Billy Wagner? Who would you rather have on your team? Be serious right now. Oh, Mark Burley, easily. Hell yeah. So it's like, what the fuck are we even talking about, bro? Like, he had, Wagner had a fantastic career. He's, as far as pure believers go, he's top But 10. that should be, that should be Billy Wagner's problem. Not really. It's not. It's not his fault that he was deployed the way he was deployed. Who knows if he if, if he would have uh, been a good, say, multi inning fireman, you know? Because he was a one inning specialist, basically. He wasn't a uh, fireman like Gossage and Wilhelm, and then were and like Rivera was in the postseason, right? It's not his fault he was deployed in that way, but it affects his value. This is like the same argument I, I had with people when when Corbin Burns won the Hall of won the uh, the Cy Young Award. It's like, you know, people were saying, well, like, well, is it his fault? He's in a six-man rotation. It's like, no, it's not his fault, but it fucks up his value. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I mean, I, it fucks I, up his value. Enough, I guess. It's like, I just need more value. Uh, out of like, if 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 I'm looking at a at a reliever, I just need more value. Wagner never pitched more than like 86 innings in a season. All the great relievers, including Mo. All pitch more than that, Mo, you know. Mo, especially if, if you count the postseason. I just need I mean, more, man. I mean, Mo is different. How many players, such as relievers, are going to stay with one team, especially a team who's going to playoffs as much as 
I, I mean, I, I, I get that, but it's like, to me, Mo to me is like the golden standard in terms of modern reliever. I mean, definitely. Because, but he was speaking. He was speaking at eighty innings. But if you count postseason, that's more like ninety innings, close to that, on the regular. And he and he and Mo had a season where he pitched one hundred and seven innings in relief. His first year when he was a, his first year as a full time reliever when he was a setup man for. Uh, fair enough for wetland but like here's my thing if I'm putting a reliever in the hall of fame I would much rather put Dan Quisenberry in the hall of fame than Billy Wagner because Quisenberry had a better peak they can both go in honestly I I wouldn't put none of them in I feel like Billy oh my but if I had to put one in I'd put Quisenberry over over, over, over Wagner which is what I would do I'm not even. I'm, I'm. I'm not even making jokes right now. I'm big dead ass serious. <laughs> I ain't even making jokes. It's like, for example, is Craig Kimbrell on pace to be a Hall of Famer? No. Really, he has 372 saves through his age 33 season. He has 22 WAR. Billy Wagner at 28 will work. If Kimbrell has four or five more, more top flight closure seasons, he's in there. I don't think he has that in him, though. Okay, but let's just say he does. Let's just say he has. Okay, <clears throat> let's look, let's look at it this way. He was poo in Chicago with the Cubs. Yeah, he was trash. He was good in Freedom 2021. Then he goes to. The team to the that's also, and they don't use him well. And Tony we know they don't. a fucking idiot. Why would you have a guy who you know is a one inning closer and you're using him as a setup man? Anyway, go ahead. My bad. I mean, definitely. I mean, that they should have been switching. They should have been alternating him and Hendricks out that closer role. Honestly, if they were going to do anything, Hendricks should have been the fireman. But yeah. Uh, you probably asked for it or something. You probably know that, or but you probably I think, asked. I think I actually heard Liam Hendricks say that he didn't. He didn't give a fuck when he was used. He just wanted to pitch. I think I actually heard him say that. Which I mean, even if he didn't, we could probably assume he did on or off record, and we'd be right. So yeah. just based on his disposition, yeah, he so, seemed like he doesn't care. But I mean, so you're right. I mean, so anyway. Uh, but even 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 if they wanted, even if Liam Hendricks still wanted to close, you could have had, you you could have alternated them and made and did the two man closing thing with them both. Yeah, but you know, getting back to to Wagner and Kimbrel, let's just say theoretically, Kimbrel has four. I mean, Kimbrel was seasons. Kimbrel was Loki Jesus when he first came up. He, he was. I mean, you look at his numbers. He was. Yeah, I'm looking at right now. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. Um, Kimbrel, I don't think it's, it's it's an exaggeration to say that through his age 30 season, Kimbrel looked like he was on pace to absolutely shatter. Oh, he was he was going to destroy Mariano's records. Yeah, he was he was doing it in way less innings too. He was only he was only doing it in 50, 60 innings. He wasn't doing it in 70, 80. Kimbrel has less innings pitched than appearances. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like, 
if Kimbrel adds then, three more good seasons to that, do you really think that he belongs in the Hall? Because he would be equivalent to Wagner basically at that point. I mean, honestly, yeah. If we if we can look at accumulation, definitely. I mean, I, I feel like we, it's times as we look at effective relievers now, with guys like Kimbrel, um, you got to really readjust. I mean. Think about man Klasse. If he does what he's doing for the next 15 years, could you deny him the Hall of Fame? Realistically? See, that's tough for what that, that's tough one for me. If we if we if we see Klasse do what he's doing right now for the next decade, at least. I would still say he's borderline at best, probably. If we if he finishes the decade. I and would mind say, you, even at the end of his decade, he's he's our age. So even at the end of his decade, he's gonna be 32, 31. 30, 31, 32. I would still say he's borderline at best. That is how I see it. I would still say he's borderline. I I would still say I would rather vote for a guy like Adam Wainwright, for example, over a Wagner. Hmm. That's just me, though. No, I get it. I just, I feel like if you're going to, if. I think you can make the argument against me that you then. That basically, I'm saying that there's not going to be any more Hall of Fame pitchers left moving forward. But I'm fine with that. Because I think that's Look, where the position is going. I mean, the position has to go to... I mean... The value of an individual has never been lower. I mean, it's not even just that. Hitters are too good, too. I mean, they, when you see a pitcher so many times, you they know, they recognize things better now. Than it. I mean... You got You also got to think about. It. They're a lot more intentional than they were back in the days. I mean, guys, their whole lives are revolved around swinging a bat a specific way. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like you know, like it's know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's funny when people try and when people try and act like there isn't a difference between you know, Carlos Stanton and, and someone who was his equivalent back in the day. Stanton Stan would be Jesus, pretty much. Back in the day. Remember when Jamie Moyer gave the grand slam to him? I don't even remember it. I'm gonna watch it on my phone now. Just to... I'll, I'll you know try to find that. That's like uh, I think it was uh, Foolish Baseball who who quote tweeted that the video and basically said like this is what happens when 1980s pitching means 210s hitting, hitting. And I thought that was perfect, perfect description. So yeah, but you know I. I, I, I don't think we're getting like anywhere. Oh, when he hits the scoreboard. Yeah, when he fucks up the scoreboard. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that, that that might be one of the worst pitches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you see. Yeah, man. That pitch was like, that shit was like in slow motion over the plate. That, the that way was, it just, it just stayed, it just, <laughs> like, it just, it just, it just, it did not move at all. Yeah. Like the ball literally just like floated. Yeah. That was funny as hell. So, and the way he pulled it too. Yeah. It, it was just, he, like, almost fell over because he was trying to wait on it. It's like, it's like, he, the way I see that swing is like he could not believe the pitch he just got to hit. Like you, you could, he's like he fell into the pitch, looking yeah. like you, you could, just, <laughs> like you, you know, you could tell he wasn't even expecting that dude to take that good of a swing. Like he wasn't expecting something different. That one, that one yeah. was literally right. That was like the most middle middle pitch I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, 
Like that's just uh, he almost he almost mishit it. That's how good of a pitcher yes. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, I I don't think we're getting anywhere with a with a reliever conversation in this podcast. It's long as hell already. Uh, anyway, honestly, we're we, we this is a perfect ending right here, just on on yeah. that moment. And speaking of Hall of Fame, just one last thing to say. I pray Stanton stays healthy the rest of his career, a little, a little bit, because that man is on a Hall of Fame track, and I want to see that guy break 500 home runs. I think 600. Jose Ramirez. I'm on Jose Ramirez to get to Hall of Fame. I think he's on track. Hold on a second. One last thing, folks, before we go. I, I want to check this out. Jose Ramirez. Oh, hell yeah, he is. This peak he's on right now, this is absolutely Hall of Fame worthy right here. 114, 145, 151, 106, 161, 141. That's when he that 2019 season season just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't know what the but hell he, he got he got going on in the first half of that year. But he was injured and he got on that he got on that streak in the second half and then he got injured, and that was just so bad because he was gonna carry them to the playoffs. Yeah, so this is looking like peak. He should have an MVP award. He has he has three top three MVP finishes in four years. And five top five five yeah. top ten finishes in five years. This is shaping to be a Hall of Fame peak. I do I do I do wonder how he will age because his hand eye coordination is fantastic, but his game is built on bat speed because he doesn't you know it's like it's not like he's like a ultra patient ultra ultra but the thing is he could go back to being what he was in 2016 so easily you think and he, the base running skills are always going to be there because they're mostly instinct based yeah and not speed based um, at all. and the, the contact skills are always going to be there because his hands are so because his arms are so short he's so short to the ball so he isn't going to strike he's always going to put the ball in play a lot so you can probably Which come is. back to being you and think, that's the crazy thing he, you, i think he, go ahead, he's better he's definitely always going to hit the ball hard too yeah. So, so I think even if he goes back to like the slash and dash stuff, he'll be good. That was the, that was the, the question. You think he's ever gonna go back to spraying the ball around at some point in his career later on? I definitely. I think he will when he gets older. He will. Or um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna if he tried it this year, maybe even just because just because the shift is taking away so many singles that he would get and a lot of doubles he would get. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, he's. Because that was the main thing he's he's really eating off of was doubles. Yeah, he's fifty six doubles in twenty seventeen. That's a lot. Uh, anyway, so I think that I think that's a good place to to finish. This shit went on for a long time. We actually we actually did all the players in the right time. We just went on forever talking about relievers and shit, which I think is a good conversation. Um, this was a lot of fun to make. Uh, yeah. Anything else? You want to tell the folks anything? I don't know. That's that's it. Okay, so I just you know didn't want to cut away just just like that. So anyway, thank y'all for listening. Um, check everything uh, in, in the description, all the links, everything we put down there. And uh, yeah, wait for us next week, and see y'all.